0: The boys in the hood are always hard. You come talking to trash, we'll pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, because I ain't said shit.
1: I am C-Mac. I am the GM of this operation over here. And this is the Boise in the Hood podcast. I am joined by Don't all speak at once
2: Somebody, somebody. Oh, My name's Django I'm um, not even on the team yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> Miners is on the team I, oh, You're okay. in the organization We'll say that yeah. I'll, I'll
2: season 22 Create on the Kingpins And I got one more season down there And I'm excited to join the big leagues
3: Alright Who's up next
0: I'll go, I guess. Uh I'm Vlad Bodnar. I got drafted this season. Uh and let's see, I got a couple more seasons before I pop up into the majors.
1: And last but not least. Jess,
4: aka Schulpador on uh, on the site, and um I'm peanut butter beechum. I also play for the Kingpins, but now I'm here. I'm a <laughs> dinosaur. Dynamo <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right well let's uh let's talk some baseball i really don't have any topics in in mind or lined up so um why don't we first i don't know kind of talk about how we got into the pv we kind of we can kind of use this podcast as a little bit of a get to know us type deal trouble. that's a good um, idea nice. and as well as talking about some baseball um so yes. i mean so I'm i'll see
4: that you loves talking about myself so <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah me too I, I that's why i've been on so many podcasts already um but I'll, I'll i'll lead things off again um so i joined this thing almost two years ago now which is insane to me um at the time i was pretty active on reddit i'm not really anymore more so than just kind of scrolling through things like i used to be like pretty die hard like posting on the reds so- i'm a i'm from massachusetts so i'm a uh, red Sox fan um, and i used to post a lot like on the red Sox subreddit and i think i either saw it there or on the mlb one um you know i saw the the uh the recruitment post and i was like oh that seems like a pretty interesting concept i had been playing otp for oh gosh a few years at that time I know mean, i've been playing since i think otp 15 was the first one i had i found it when i was back in college and um, still had aspirations of working in professional baseball. Um, but so I, I was like, oh, that seems like, you know, two things that kind of fit well together and, um, you know, being able to create a player and also, um, OOTP, I, I, enjoy that. So, uh, I decided to, to join in and I was a season 12 create with my first player who is retiring after the season. He's currently not earning anything right now. He's he's just dead weight. Um in his last season I've got a new player uh that I just created but um no I, I played I think that that uh, that makes it 12 seasons that I'll have played 12 or 13 um with that first guy which totals up to around almost two years which is just crazy. Like that was that was one thing that kind of has shocked me about this the most was like when I joined it I had no idea of the time line of things i guess and the fact that one player would have such longevity um so that was one thing that really surprised me about the pbe but i you know i've i've enjoyed my time here no doubt you know i i don't think i would have stuck with it and done the whole gm thing if i didn't so um i've had a blast here and um you know it's been good i met met a lot of really cool people and and you know continue to meet cool people (laughs) an absolute um, plus of, of, you know, being a part of it. But that's kind of my story and how I got involved. Why don't we uh, hear from some of you guys? Pop, pop, why don't you lead us off again? Okay, first? I'll go
2: again first. Um, I've, yeah. been, uh, I've been doing PBE now uh, for a couple months, I guess, maybe, since season 21. And uh, I joined on the wire, waiver wire because I'm stupid, and I didn't know what to do or, like, when to do it, so I just signed up, and all my other friends had signed up much earlier. So I was, like, late to the – and when I say friends, I use that term loosely, like, Internet-simulated sports
1: Uh So how colleagues. exactly did you find the league then?
2: Oh, the league? Everybody – because I'm, I'm ISFL. Like, I've been doing okay. that for, like, a year. And then, like, a um, whole bunch of the my – Friends were like, oh, we're going to join PBE. And then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So I
3: drug my feet and then
2: Like finally I did into it and it's been a lot of fun as opposed to what I'd been dealing with before. And so then I even started submitting back at the ISFL again. So it's been super fun. And yeah. um uh yeah, sorry.
1: And if anyone is listening to this, go check out this dude's graphics. They're amazing. Uh, don't, um, don't say that. But thank you. <laughs> No, they're they're legit and uh, he's that he's done some amazing work for um you know the the most recent thing i saw was the the championship banners which you and Jess as well both made incredible yeah. ones the yeah. the uh the level of um design how those have kind of evolved over the seasons has has been pretty like amazing um, and again, that, that goes back to what I was saying before we started recording. Like, I used to submit some pretty shit tier graphics for the, uh, <laughs> for the championship banner contest just to get that million. And they've since kind of gotten a little stricter on that. And it's made the quality go up, which is definitely not a bad thing. But um, it's pretty cool to have two of what I would consider the better graphic designers in the league. Can I say our- one more thing? Absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, uh, like,
2: a- um, <laughs> when, before I came over here, People were like, oh, the PB sucks on graphics. Like, everybody's, you know, because everyone says, like, SHL is the best. But mm-hmm. they said the PBE is the worst, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go over there, and we'll make it better. That's what I thought,
1: so. Well, I definitely think you have succeeded in that. I want to um, try to, like, make it
2: better. I like to think maybe there's a community that we could do, like, and make everybody get better at it.
1: Yeah, no, it would definitely be cool. I mean, I think my biggest issue with graphics is, like, I never see them. Like, you only really see them if you... Oh, yeah. If you actually, like, search for them, I guess, in a sense. Like, um, or if people post them in, like, your locker room and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think that's the toughest thing. It would be cool if there was a way for the league to have kind of, like, a feed of them on the forum somehow. Like, there's the Twitter feed on the right. If there was, like, a graphics feed or something. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. Um, but. I know that's just me thinking aloud and doing saying things that are probably really hard to do in reality for <laughs> for people who who control the website and stuff. But um, but yeah, and I also can't really speak to the other leagues. This is the only one only league that I'm in. Um, hmm. I did uh, it was I did a hockey league. Emmy, who used to be a part of our uh, our team, um, she's GM in Kashima now got me involved in like the GOMHL or something and it, it i think it folded like 2 yeah, weeks dirt. after I was drafted so that, that was short lived but i uh, i've never really had the the desire to do another one um I, i've always kind of been just about baseball so that's kind of why i'm here and I, i've never really sought to do Any of the other ones, although I know a lot of our people, a lot of our team are involved in them, which I think is great, but not for me. (laughs) But, uh, Vlad, why don't you go next? Tell us, uh, tell us how you landed here. Yeah, so, uh, I was part of the SHL for quite a while. I joined there
0: back in S9 S9. and then just took a break after a couple seasons, like 20 seasons or something. And then I got back into it this, not this year, but last year because had a lot of time on my hands, and uh, over the course of like that time I was gone from the league, I kind of really got into baseball, and I thought, hey, it'd be kind of cool to, uh, to have something similar, like a sim league for uh, baseball, and I found out there was one. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, I'll join that eventually. And with my timing, uh, I managed to join at the waiver time, which was great, just miss out on all that free uh, season start TP, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of looking for, like, just something else other than just the uh, the SHL. And this has this filled that void really nicely. Mm-hmm. Nice.
3: So, yeah. Yes? That covers me.
4: Also, I apologize if you guys hear my baby, because she's supposed to be sleeping, uh, and she's not entirely sleeping. So <laughs> Get to sleep, baby. Uh, yeah, go to sleep, baby. <laughs> um, I am also from SHL Roundabout. Um, I joined there two years ago, January. Um, wow. I kind of was aware of uh, DBE the whole time because like, we have affiliate claims and all that. Um, but I, full disclosure, knew jack shit about baseball. Um, <laughs> I still probably know next to jack shit about baseball. Just totally um, fine. But uh, I, uh, I grew up in Texas and tried to be a Rangers fan for a while and it just didn't work out. Um, yeah, and well, it's then, not then, uh, then like a couple seasons ago like basically everyone on the entire Yankees roster was uh, injured and they were winning anyway and I just found that a very compelling storyline got sucked in Ooh-oh. So um,
0: <laughs> did not enjoy that
4: <laughs> um, so that that was what happened there um, and then I, I kept just looking and being like I don't know enough about this because I, I work in hockey so I feel very confident about my hockey knowledge Um, Mm -hmm. whereas baseball is just this complete other world where i'm like okay i know what the bases are i know what the positions are i basically know the rules that's it um yeah (laughs) so uh, i i kind of dragged my feet on that and um then uh eventually decided to sign up over here and uh also joined uh basically right after the juniors draft and also was uh, a waiver signed so i uh also missed out on all of that fun stuff. So, uh, like, you're are, are you just picking up people who've done that for this team? team act about the strategy. Or?
1: That's a uh, very well, good entry. have worked out. I mean, I've never. I, I don't know. The, the the whole recruiting thing is is interesting and it, it's changed a lot. So back in the day, like back when I first got drafted into the league, um, and Jesse, you, you would be someone who was drafted. Um, this way too, right? What year are you? You're season 19. So you were the last one, um, used to get drafted to like a majors team right away. Um, so instead of being drafted to a minors team, playing a season, then getting drafted, you get drafted to both basically right away. Um, so it kind of changed a lot of ways you know, back, back then the draft was a lot different. It was a lot more hit or miss. I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, because nowadays, you, you know, you have a whole season of someone's activity to base them off right. of versus before it was like, you know, it's sometimes you would draft, like people would join and they would be drafted the next day to a majors team. <laughs> and as a majors GM, you're, you know, <laughs> you're basically that off of maybe one conversation. Um, so it's, it's definitely changed a lot. And, um, and it, it's, it's interesting to, to see, you know the effects that has on the leagues. I think you know, and I'm I'm part of the expansion committee, and we're we're going through you know discussions about expansion right now. And one of the, the you know the topics that's come up, and this is something we were talking about, um, some of us in our locker room is just the level of TPE that the like the average player has now is like insanely high compared to back in the day. Like our mm-hmm. our retention rate of like high T, high earners, high TPE players seems to have like gone up exponentially since i've joined um you know we were joking today in in our in our war room if that's what you want to call it um that so our team uh, you know won the championship in season 17 and like that team now if they tried to play against the current league would just get stomped by <laughs> you know, by like average teams not by like the best teams by like average teams like we had a bunch of inactive players. We had, like, ESO had, like, 350 TPE at that time, and he was our starting (laughs) second baseman. Like, it's just so different now. Like, you won't find a team, you know, there's teams whose the average TPE is 1,100, 1,200 for their players. And, you know, you just don't see those players on the, the, you know, championship teams that are so low that it's just, it's just really interesting to see how that's kind of um evolved you know over the years but um you no, think
4: i wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that so many people have just been at home for the last year solid right? that, I mean that's
1: definitely that's definitely a piece of it for sure and I think we're we're seeing a lot of people um on top of the people that have joined a lot of people are cycling through their second player and, and um you know that mm-hmm. definitely helps I think with with uh people understanding the league and you know knowing how things work now um and the other thing too is like back at you know at one point in the league there were no regression players there was there were no you know everyone was building up from the from the bottom and now um you know you have a ton of you know people regressing and that adds more kind of at the top i guess um so yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, definitely it's been to interesting the to watch the, the the league grow and evolve over the uh over the course of my time here for sure. But, do
0: you think it's just going to plateau at like where team averages are like twelve hundred TP, or do you think it's going to climb up again?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting. I mean, I think it's gonna. It, it's it kind of goes in waves because you know we we have expansions, you know every every three, four seasons, there will be an expansion in which, you know, we'll add two more teams and all of a sudden that number will dip for a little bit, but then it, you know, it will, it will grow again for the next three, four seasons, whatever it may be until, you know, the next expansion. But, um, but I, and I'm also very interested to see what happens once, you know, we get back to kind of normal life and people are going back to work every, every day and, um, don't have as much spare time. Um, cause that's, you know, that's what really, um, you know, kicked off a lot of this growth I think was that those couple drafts, I think it was, you know, maybe season 17 and 18 was in, in 19. Those three drafts were kind of at the onset at the, the onset of, you know, the, um, lockdowns. And then, you know, throughout the first couple of months while those lockdowns were going on, were those, for those few drafts and we had a ton of people join the league. We like one, a couple of those drafts were over a hundred players and um, you know, we haven't seen drafts of that number. Like last, the last draft was the biggest one I remember, you know, for the last few years. And that was like 87, but at the same time, you know, it ended up only being, I think 47 of those players were active at the time of the draft. Um, you know, so like I, thinking back to my draft class, when I joined in season 12, it was like, there was only i think 8 teams at that time and their draft had maybe like 35 players in it which is you know so it it's it's crazy you know the league's doubled in size since then and um you know we're su- sustaining that growth and, and you know those numbers too you know just by the fact that the mere fact that we're having expansion discussions again so um, but it's but yeah definitely been crazy is anyone tuned into uh spring training right now? I
0: have it open at the moment. Let's see what we got. We got we got Looks the like Apex.
1: Got, yeah. In Detroit are playing right now. I haven't seen us pop up on the uh the out of town scoreboard. I haven't been able to pay attention much tonight. Been had some stuff going on, but maybe we're not playing today. Well,
0: I actually don't
1: know. Let's see what it switches to next. Yeah, I've seen a bunch come up but not us. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I think we might be off. We might have an off night.
0: I'm trying to figure this out because I I genuinely don't know. Is is are the majors more of a pitching league, or are they like a batters league? Because I know in the minors, everyone just mashes like defense. Is
1: just um, interested. well, I think that's like a that's because of numbers it's mostly in the minors. So if you look at like minors rosters, um, mm-hmm. and this is part of like what I do for the expansion team is I I kind of go through all of the rosters and. Um, find activity levels and you know t p levels and stuff and put that together for us to kind of to go off of for our making our decisions um but the minors, it's like the average team had i think at the start uh, uh, i think it was the start of last season had like ten active hitters versus like five or six active pitchers mm. So a lot of the minors teams are kind of surviving off of off of inactives and um their created players that they make. So that's I think why the hitting is so good down there. Um, so I I I would say the that pitching is Although I mean I I say, I I you know I'm gonna, I was about to say that pitching kind of wins championships at the majors level, but at the same time we kind of just saw last season that that might not be the case. Um with New Orleans winning with a you know a, a pitching staff that had like three players around a thousand TPE, um, so I think oh, the, they were the Washington a lot more, National
0: situation.
1: Yeah, they were a lot more driven by um, driven by their offense and defense. I think that that was the biggest thing for them, honestly, is the defense. Um, I think, I think right every now. single one of their players is basically max defensively, and and that does. Wonders for your pitching staff, you know. uh, You know, if you if you can you can turn a lot of balls and play into outs, it's going to help your your pitchers who are putting you know letting a lot of balls in play. So
0: I'm taking a look at it right now. Like even their home runs, like if you stretched over like a 162 season, like a major league one, it's only like 306, which is great. It's good. It's just Mm -hmm. like if you compare it to like the actual majors, where they mash 400 a season or something. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It's just that defense was really solid
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah no and it's it's definitely it's interesting to that's another thing kind of to see the league evolve in strategies that people deploy and i think that's one that's kind of taken off a lot recently with a lot of teams is the defense you know it used i feel like and this might not be the case i might be generalizing a little bit but i feel like a, a lot of times it used to be kind of you know put a lot into offense and be okay defensively um you know, okay enough to get by and and try to mash to win games, and now it's kind of teams are and I think this is coming with the game itself and a lot of people you know really getting into the guts of the game and and what makes teams good and stuff and, and the the dawn of uh perfect team on you know the the o t p game itself has had a lot of people really go into you know the sim engine a lot more in um you know figure out what makes players good and stuff um you know so we're seeing a lot of that evolution of of the game you know much like they do in the major leagues with the the money ball and all the you know the, the advanced statistics i think we're starting to see that creep into to otp a lot more with uh you know building and optimizing fake baseball players um you know in what in what you can do to to maximize um when you're constrained by how you can actually distribute um your attributes and stuff so it's it's definitely interesting um to see in that regard if that makes if that all made sense
3: (laughs) oh yeah it it, did
2: all right um that stuff was way over my head
3: (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) that's my
4: last big step is, is figuring out the actual sim engine like i uh I bought FHM to go and see if I can make my fake hockey player better. And I'm just like, oh. oh I've god, given up on man. that. I just, oh god. So <laughs> I I'm just thought- like, yeah, hey, I'll just I'll just write a lot of media about my fake athletes and then let <laughs> other people tell me what to do with it. Exactly. So I've,
0: I've given up I've given up on FHM. I just saw my defenseman who's supposed to be like really good at puck handling have a game where he gave up the puck four times. Oof. Like a seven-two loss. I'm like, all right, I'm wiping my yeah. hands on this. Someone else can make my player better. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tweet and just sit here.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a, a a good segue into what I wanted to talk about next was just like our individual players and um kind of how we were building them and why we chose you know the archetypes that we did and how we're building our players and stuff. Um, so uh, again, I'll go first and talk about. So when I first joined, my the archetypes were all different back then. There was you you as an offensive player, you picked a hitting style and a defensive style separately. They weren't kind of mashed into one. Um, so that's kind of a change that's happened more recently, but so back then I joined up and my, my idea, um, was to kind of model the player based on kind of how I played the game when I was playing, I played up through the college level. So it was all, it was, Damn. um, I kind of wanted to make someone who, uh, you know, had similar stats to what I did when I played. Um, so I picked like a speedy fielder, I was a base dealer. I was a center fielder. So I played... I was like a a speed speedy um, hitter and a speedy um, outfielder were the two archetypes back in the day. And I was kind of building it. So when I first started, I knew really nothing about the guts of the game and how to actually build a player and what it meant to, uh, you know, what. Hitting stats actually affected, you know, your player and how he does. So like I, I had an idea, like I had a sense, like I played baseball my whole life. So like, I know what these things mean, but I didn't re- actually realize like the, the, you know, that BABIP is like a, or that your contact is a, is a creation of like three different stats. I think that's something that a lot of people learn kind of early on when you, cause you, you know, you only see um, the BABIP number when you do your, your updates and stuff. And people a lot of times come into, you know, I see it in the rookies, thing a lot like hey my Babbitt number is supposed to be 55 but when i look it's actually you know 46 or something like that and it's well, well it's because it's a combination of your your contact your avoid k and your power it's all three of those things go to combine this one number which is your contact rating um so i remember my gm at the time i i was kind of building the player how i thought it would like work out well and I was putting stuff in, like I was doing a a bunch of like I, like I, which um you kind of learn as you go is not the best stat to start out with. You kind of want to really boost your your contact rating and your babbit early on. And he would come to me like, Hey man, I I just had some suggest su- just su- suggestions for your player and how you might want to do things. And I was like, Ah no, I think I'm good. I think I got a grasp on this. And then like my first couple seasons were just like awful. And that's when I finally kind of realized I was like, Oh shoot, like this stuff actually is kind of important. I, and I need to figure all this out. So I kind of went in and learned about all, all of those numbers on the hitting side. I'm still awful on the pitching side and I'm going to have to do a crash course again now that I'm creating a pitcher. But, um, so that was kind of my evolution of my player. And then eventually I kind of gave into the meta of, uh, there was, a I forget it was the balanced archetype on the hitting side. Was like the OP one. It was way better than all of them. So when I got around a um, thousand, twelve hundred TPE, um, I eventually made the switch to to a balanced hitter, and that's when I kind of took off. But of course, like the year after that, um, I think that was my best season I had. And then the year after, we we switched to the new archetypes, and from there it was just like a lot of testing with the team to to figure out what would what would be the best one. We found, you know, the freak and the streak were kind of the two best. Um, of of all of them, but um, as far as being able to to hit and play defense, um, because that was another big thing for us is we wanted to be a good defensive team too at the time of the switch. So, um, but that's I guess kind of how I landed with the freak now, and that's that's what I'm rolling with. But how did you guys? Uh, I know Django, you're a, you're a big man on campus. Um, mm-hmm. what was the uh the thought process there?
2: Oh, wasn't a whole lot involved. I just, um, you know, for some reason, David Ortiz. I'm also a Red Sox fan. I'm originally from Massachusetts as well. So, like, oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, I'm from Everett, and um, so okay. Like, yeah, good so, football. Yeah, that all happened after I left because <laughs> I'm old <laughs> okay. as dirt. So, like, <laughs> that all happened after I left. But um. Yeah, David Ortiz, that was my thought, you know, extreme pull, big man on campus. I just – because, you know, you watch David Ortiz and how can you help but just fall in love with the guys, you know, everything about him basically. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where Absolutely. I was at.
1: Sure. And that's definitely – you know, that's um, – so this was a like kind on of a hot topic when it first – when those archetypes were first introduced kind of in the GM chat, um, one of the GMs came back and was like – it. Like it will be s- stupid for me to not put together a team full of, of the big man on campus um, archetype because that one is going to hit so much better. You know, it's going to be offensively so much better because of the power that it has. Um, you know, it's going to have like the highest OPS by far and stuff. But once you you kind of couple it in with that defense, you realize you know you can't really, <laughs> you can't really put a full team of those. You can maybe get a couple of them. You know, yeah. At, I think most teams try to have their dh and their first baseman you know being the big man on campus but beyond that it's kind of a an absolute train wreck defensively so i yeah. i you know that's one thing that that the uh the team did well you know the balancing team did well when they were creating these archetypes um but you know was was given that you know that risk reward of, of a lot of them actually and I think there's there's still some work to be done and, and you know we we talk about it, like the magician one um a lot of people wish was a lot better you know they they'd love to see you know that top tier defensive player but right now it's just the the amount that the magician is better than the streak and the freak defensively just isn't worth being so bad offensively um that you can't really justify having um you know, doing a lot of magicians. I think we have one right now. I think, um, Kaisenboom is our is our one magician magician, and he's a third baseman, which is not the ideal position for it, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> he just enjoys playing. We I, lo- I love the he's from he's from Thailand. Um, oh nice. And he really only pops into the locker room every once in a while, like like really obscure times because of the time difference. Um. But I love talking. I talk to him now and then, in, the, in like DMs. And he's an awesome kid. He he, he loves being, you know, in the, on the team and stuff. So I, I love having him here. Um, but so Vlad, I, you are a Mr. Utility. Yes. Yeah. Now, what so, was the uh, how we land there? So
0: uh, before I joined the league, I had like my own personal uh, OTP uh, game I was going, and I had to Vod on my team before he like crashed and. Right. So he was like high contact, right. high eye, like really hey, defensively gonna,
3: car and just
0: no power. And I thought he was doing right. really well on my team for like a couple of seasons. And I was like, huh, oh, that'd be kind of fun to have.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: then the mystery utility kind of came when I was also a big J's fan, right? I'm from Toronto and, uh, and Bigio's like the team's, uh, utility guy. So you see him like in second, you see him at third, you see him at left. In yep. my mind, I was sure. like, okay, so the majors like, like throw people around a lot. I was like, maybe the league does as well. And I was like, second base isn't that popular a position, right? It's like the least flashy one. <laughs> so I was thinking like, I oh yeah, there's definitely not like that many second basemen. And of course, in my draft class, there's like nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I just decided, I was like, contact seems pretty chill. Having a good eye seems kind of important. And I was like, I'll just s- sacrifice the power for a bit <laughs> and then just throw in a bunch of random positions. And see if maybe one of them sticks. And luckily, third base is so far stuck. Mm -hmm. So, that that was kind of like my thought process. And like the second I made my player, I think it was Enrock or whatever, uh, however you say his name is
1: Enoch. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, I know who you're
0: talking about. Yeah. Enoch came up to me. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't want to do any of that. I was like, sick. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you for telling me this after he's already got approved. Yeah. So, that's how I came around to this.
3: What about you, Jess? You
1: are streak, right?
4: Um, gonna be honest, I uh, oh I feel God. like someone told me that that wouldn't suck, so I did that. <laughs> um, uh, I um,
1: yeah, you you are a streak, and that is definitely one of the best. Um, and you you're a middle in you're a shortstop by trade. You're playing second base for us right now, but you're a shortstop. Um. Yep. When you created, and you'll eventually um, move into that position once Ethos bum ass moves along. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: I uh, I played uh, softball in middle school and high school, and I played short, so I um. All right. I, just, I just went with that. <laughs> um, nice. I played. I, yeah. Yeah, I say I played short. I also played third and first. Uh, we mm-hmm. were not good, so I just kind of got stuck wherever. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that was that was the thought behind that it's just, yeah so
1: oh, I, I know mean, what if that is one thing, yeah if, there, if there's one thing i've kind of learned um even before kind of the um a lot of the defensive stuff is, is that you need to have kind of three positions be really good defensively and this is kind of goes back to all of baseball not just you know fake baseball and otp but um, you know when I was I coached um, baseball for a while too and it was always you know you need to have a really good defensive center fielder a really good defensive shortstop and a really good defensive catcher those are you yep. know the three most important pieces uh, of a good defensive team so um, the
2: call being strong up the
1: middle right exactly yep yeah. strong up the middle and so the streak oh, is definitely a good choice um as a shortstop because it gives you uh, some of the best range of all players which is the most important defensive stat um, actually shortstop um, range is the most important defensive stat in the game. So um, yeah. you're, you're definitely looking for someone who is, who is maxed out in that regard when you're, when you are putting together your lineup. So I, just I got def- a question. What is that? Sorry. No, good. You, you're good.
2: I know in these podcasts, you gotta be careful about stepping on people and I am the worst at interrupting people in real life. So it's,
1: Doubly (laughs) hard. I I don't mind at all. This, like I said, this is my first podcast ever. I've never, I've never done a podcast for anything, so um, I, I didn't know what to expect. I don't know how these things really work. I don't listen to a lot of them, um, so. But have at. What's the question?
2: Oh, um, I did a media last season, I think, and I noticed that a lot of teams don't have full rosters, and they have extra shortstops. Yeah and I and I, I I never asked anybody but I just assumed that what people did was just load up on shortstops because they're um like inherently better defensively than the other positions and I was just wondering if you could confirm that or deny it
1: um so I will say when I'm drafting I kind of have I do weigh you know those three positions higher the most although catcher is not so much because we have uh um BTS and he's gonna be with us for a while, you know, so I don't really need to worry about a catcher. It's not like major league baseball where, you know, you you need to have two catches or anything. This you can survive with one. And once you got one who's, you know, kind of a max active, you don't need to worry about that position for a while. Um, but the other two, you know, center field and shortstop, um the nice thing about those businesses, and the same thing is true, you know, in real life is, you know, a lot of times those players can play other positions. Um, So it's a lot. It's it's much easier to take a shortstop and move him to say third base or um, you know to the outfield than it is to take a first baseman and try to do that. Okay. You know or to take a first baseman and say hey go play shortstop for us. It's not going to end well Um, in a lot of t- a lot of time. And and that's might not entirely be the case here. Although I, I assume a lot of people who come in, you know, trying to make first baseman are are choosing you know Cannon or um, big man on campus. So it, I'm sure it does have some weight here, but, um, but I think the most common archetypes you'll see in this league are, are the streak, um, and the, in the freak as well as Mr. Utility. Um, and, and those ones can kind of play anywhere on the field and be good, very good defensively. So I think that's why you see, a lot of people with those positions. And and, then the other thing too is, you know, they're kind of the most popular positions in baseball. A lot of ways, you know, a lot of people grow up wanting to be the shortstop, wanting to be that guy, you know, the flashy guy in the middle of the diamond who makes the most plays. Um, You know, so that, I think that's another part of the puzzle of of why so many. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
4: Just going to put this out there. I was not good enough to think that that was a flashy position. (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. um, it was
4: not flashy when i did it let's just say that (laughs) uh,
0: i do i do like though that like defense really matters in ootp because uh i watch like a lot of a lot of baseball during the summer because there's literally nothing else on mm -hmm. at like 1 p.m on like a wednesday yeah and i just remember watching the jays uh they we were still rebuilding and no one knew how to play defense on that team yeah and it was just genuinely difficult to just sit there and just watch and like mm-hmm. it, it's like the same feeling in like uh, on these uh twitch streams right when like you watch it you see the ball going right at the guy and he just drops it he just got it yeah
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: bumble, bumble. yeah when you get like multiple f- bumbles, it just it hurts so i i, I do like that defense genuinely matters it's not
1: just yeah, like a mash and bash. Mm-hmm. It can be very deflating to uh, to have a bad defense behind you as a pitcher. It's it's definitely a, a, a morale crusher, and you know a lot. Of, you know, you see a lot of times. Um, you know, when when people make errors, you know the the most obvious side effect is is run scoring and, and giving up more runs. But I think something that people a lot of times overlook is the you know your pitchers pitch count which these days is such an important thing especially at like the major league level where they're you know basically we won't let people go past 100 110 pitches for fear of their arm blowing up um you know when when you make a, a you know a boot a ball in, in in the field a lot of times that you all of a sudden add you know 10 Five, 15 pitches, pitches yeah. to your guys pitch count and that's you know that can be an innings sometimes, which is it was a huge difference in in you know the long in the scheme of things um, in a baseball game. You know, all of a sudden you you, you know your guy needs to come out fifth inning versus the sixth, then you're going to your bullpen, which nowadays isn't such a big deal in the major league level because so many bullpen pitchers are so ridiculous, and it's starting to that's starting to leak over into the into the uh, PBE too. We see how good some of the uh the relievers are these days like that definitely wasn't the case back in the day it used to be you know you hated going to your bullpen um you know except a couple of teams occasionally would have like one max earning bullpen pitcher now it seems like every team has like two or three max maxed out relievers who um are the best pitchers in the league in a lot of ways and um but but that's definitely shout uh, out. Yeah shout, shout out maddie paul
0: um, and shout out to to my player dropping the first ball he got on third base. First, <laughs> it was beautiful. I was so oh, excited. Is that Open is that what the, the series is about? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that, that's that's <laughs> like, ah, but that's just beauty. Yeah. I was like, beautiful. How uh, how long does it take for like a player to like up their defense? Because I know like you can't actually upgrade it in like your uh in your updates. It's like the experience one, right?
3: Well, like I mean, it all. It kind of depends. I have
1: none of. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how that works, cause... Yeah, so there's there's kind of two parts to it. Um, so obviously there's your 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 actual build of your player, which I mean, it's all mm. just dependent on how much you put in with the, any given update. Um, but then the other thing too is like when, um, when you play out of position. So when you create your player, you have you pick the three positions. Mm-hmm. That. You, that You want to play, I guess, and what happened with those three? What that does is uh, it gives you experience at those positions. So one of the mechanics of the game is you you, you're able to have up to 200 experience at a position, which just improves your defense there, I guess, in a sense. So it's kind of like it's you know it's makes the game a little bit more even, where you can't just take a player who's really good defensively and just throw him anywhere in the field. And he's going to be great right away. He's got to learn the position. So it's essentially like the learning curve of the position. Um, And so you start out those three positions. The first one, your first position, you start out full experience. You don't need to learn anything. The second one, you're at 150 out of 200. And the third one, you're 100 out of 200. And so you got to, um, so you got to, uh, kind of build up that experience at the position so if you are playing on a position you need to um, play there for a certain number of games and you'll eventually grow to be you know 200 experience at that position and that was one of the things that killed Jess last year and uh was that she didn't second have
3: base, none of my second base,
1: yeah she didn't have second base experience and her defensive ratings were not great um so it, peanut butter. <laughs> so it kind of tanked her defensive ratings, but this year she she should be by season start, I think, maxed out defensively at second base. So she should have a much better defensive season um, in theory, but um, you just never know sometimes <laughs> with how the sim works. But yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. how um, the defense, you know, the, the behind the scenes of the defense and how they kind of incorporate the learning curve of learning a new position into OOTP. But uh, really quick, let's uh, let's we just had a a new face join us. Um, do you want to say hello? Hello, Walter. You there? You might be muted if you're trying to talk.
5: Uh, uh, no. Nah. I don't know. Oh. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Oh, did that work? What's up, dude? How's it going? Oh, sitting in the woods. What? <laughs> No, No, it's my job. Oh, this is the job that you have? What do you do? I go out kill weeds.
2: Are we getting paid for this too? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. That's awesome. No, I mean, this part of the podcast.
3: Yeah, we're just introducing him. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't don't see why not. I'm sure they just (laughs) skip it anyway.
1: Please
4: subtract three minutes I mean, in the middle. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> At the
1: forty-five minute mark, you guys talked about weed killing for three minutes, so we're
4: gonna have to deduct. Deducted.
1: It. So, <laughs> sorry, you <laughs> be getting paid for this. You actually get no money. Thanks for trying, though. But... Too
4: many weeds.
1: Yep. So, how's it going, man? It's uh, we've been talking a lot about our players and how we found the league and stuff. So, why you want to jump in and tell us about how you found uh the PB?
5: Uh, I found PBE through the International Simulation Football League. It took me about okay. a year to
3: jump the divide.
1: Nice.
5: Is that... What's that? It was Bauer that really pushed me to join.
1: Okay, yeah. Because he was... Um, when you first joined, he was still part of... Um, locker room and the team here. Um and I remember um you guys interacting a lot and uh he used to talk about you a lot too when when you went uh on your little hiatus for a while. Um but uh now tell us about you were our pitcher, correct? Um what Yeah, originally, you were originally I mean, a starting pitcher.
5: pitcher. Right? No, I'm not good enough for that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, but when you first created, you were a starter, and then we had you switch to relief yeah. pitcher um, yeah. a while back. Um, so, what what yeah, made that, you? That was a while ago. Choose, yeah, what made you choose being a pitcher versus being a hitter?
5: Um, i I heard it was a position of need, and
1: mm-hmm. it that's definitely true. A bit still easier still. to
5: update than having like outfield versus batting stats.
1: Hmm. Sure. And what uh? What's your kind of background in baseball? Did you did you know a lot about the game? Did you play growing up or anything, or um, was this kind of all new to you? I have... it's
5: mostly new to me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I played t-ball for like three years, and then t-ball moved for up three to like, years. I don't know.
4: <laughs>
5: it seemed like it. But um, it was too good; they then... couldn't let him go something i moved up to like where the kids were throwing the ball and i didn't trust myself to throw a ball well enough to not hit someone and (laughs) i didn't trust the other kids so i stopped playing baseball and played soccer instead
1: okay nice um
3: cool cool um
5: all the baseball background i have like voting for defensive player of the year for our team I just randomly chose J Doctor because I didn't know what to, <laughs> how to read all the stats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's always interesting to see the votes. Um when I, when I go to in Italy the votes and see uh some of the the people who get votes for certain things and I'm just like, "Really?" But then, you know, you kind of remember <laughs> that not everyone here kind of has the same background in baseball. Um so um I feel like I'm being you know, so
4: tweeted right now.
1: Uh he just admitted to it, so <laughs>
5: but all right. No, I, I've picked up like the pitching stats since that's what my player is, and I understand like um I average like the three hundred or higher is really good. But anything beyond that I just don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially nowadays it's there's with so there's so much more with, you know, advanced statistics kind of creeping into the game that it, the, the learning curve is a lot steeper. Because, um, you know, if you go try to talk to people about batting average and, like, MLB subreddit, you'll get, like, flamed out of there. And people will be like, oh, this guy knows nothing about the game. Like, <laughs> talking about batting average and stuff like that. It's just it's – just, I love it. Um, I love it. It's crazy. I okay, know what a
4: how, bad one looks like. How
1: that's dare about he it. look at the
0: average about the guy hitting the ball? Yeah. Yeah. It's advanced slightly.
2: advanced metrics are beyond me, but I have enough I have enough fucking idea that it's really important. It's just not really important to me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I look at them more like, like it's important to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. I look at them yeah. as like a supplement because like yeah, they're great for analyzing a player. But I find that if you just like solely look at them, you just kind of like lose focus sometimes on like the bigger picture. Well that and mm-hmm.
1: you're probably
2: missing the game because you're too busy watching the numbers. You can't <laughs> that's watch very true. F- you know? Yeah.
1: yeah, no, that's one of the, the It's a the... game.
2: It's a game that you play versus another team that does things specifically, you know, against certain players and there's a lot of intricacies and
1: Absolutely, absolutely true. And and you know, having worked in baseball for a few years, um, that that's one of the things that's kind of coming to a head right now in a lot of ways at, you know, not only not only the professional level, but lower levels too is, is, you know, different metrics and statistics are creeping in and, you know, you kind of have the, uh, the old, the old man shaking his fist, like, ah, this is, you know, how we, we've always done it. We don't need all these new things versus like kind of the, the young revolution of all these are making players so much better. and, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of on people just butting heads from both sides where like it's just like you said, you kind of need a mix of the two things to really figure out how, you know, what makes a player great. And you know, there's Absolutely. there's people who insist you can you can tell if a player's good by you know, just looking at numbers and looking at um you know, there there's there's major league teams who have drafted players without ever seeing them play, which I think is just asinine. Wild. That's just um, wild to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just based off of numbers that they get sent to them and, and their computers analyze. Um but speaking of wild, I need this on record. I need this on tape. How are you this good at Jeopardy? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I've j I've done a lot of trivia in my day and um, you know, you kind of just you? learn stuff over there. I mean, ESO's crushing me, but I mean you don't even like you need to but he Pet- said
4: he plays it on like three different Discord servers. Yeah.
1: How many <laughs> times do you see you the talk same about question? Trivia? Petra is the trivia. Like she makes me look like I, I I'm I don't know a thing. And it's in every like like she's terrible with like movies and music, but anything else, she's a savant. It's unbelievable when we do um when we do like our, our weekly trivia things when she's there, it's a it's like a free win. You know, <laughs> you just know that you're gonna get every single question because you have her there. And like she she legit like tries out for Jeopardy. And mm. um I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with like the Jeopardy test, but it's like a 50 question test. And you need Oops. to get like I think 40 of them to to be like qualified to go to do the like the in person tests. And she's done she like consistently scores like in the high thirties and I, I I'm sure she's gonna get it one of these days, but like I think I took it once and got like in the mid twenties, mm. which just kind of goes to show you the gap there uh, of <laughs> how incredibly smart she is and like and she she she's very good with like the baseball numbers too. Um you know she she has a ton of knowledge about Um, A lot of the advanced statistics and she was the one who kind of brought um, the defensive stuff to to our attention um, and did a lot with, you know, when we were doing archetypes and stuff, the archetypes, which she helped a lot with. With the testing of that and figuring out which ones would be the best and stuff. um, But but she's she is a genius and a badass and we are very fortunate to have her in our locker room for sure.
4: I'm going to tell her you said
1: that. I she hope you do on this podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast. If she, if she's listening at minute, I think we're close to an hour. I didn't start a timer. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say it was around eight 15 that we started. Um, yeah, I feel like we was... started. I think we had, you know, five minutes of banter before that, but we should be coming up close to close to the hour markets. I say we give it another 10 minutes and then, uh, 10, 12 minutes and, and that should be good. But um looks like we're going through box scores right now we can we can talk a little bit about um the league, I guess and and some of our um, mm-hmm. our expectations this year. I think this will be a very interesting season. I think we um, I don't know how much you guys have paid attention to a lot of the transactions that are going on, but it, a few teams kind of really um, sold out and made some big deals to kind of push push for the playoffs teams that have been on the outside the last few years. So I think it's definitely going to be an interesting year and we'll see some new teams in the playoffs, which is good. I think. Um, tell everyone adjust, uh, but no, I like um like Nashville basically sold every
3: pick that every draft pick
1: they had this year. Uh, o B X made some huge to land some 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 players and. Uh,
3: hey, I got it in a- Sorry. What do you got? That oh, don't you be started- You've
1: been. P- ended you know. up winning like the next season they made. I think that deal as well as maybe one or two others to really, you know, solidify their roster and, and, it, and it worked out for them and that they, they, they won the next season. So I think they won season 18 and then I think they went to the championship in season 19 and then they might've, I think they were in the playoffs in 20 and then I think they missed it in 21 and they've been back in the playoffs the last couple years. years. Um, but as far as I can remember, that's really kind of the only instance of a team making like trading a ton to get a lot of players um and the other thing too is like there's only been three or four teams that have won the championship three or four different teams like Death Valley's won it I think four or five times and San Antonio's won it four or five times um since I've been in the league so so that's kind of how that's worked out um well
4: I, I need really to know who by. was the best player in the league that you traded.
1: Uh, his name was JD Jack. So he was actually on the team a couple of seasons ago too. We got him back for a year, mm-hmm. but it's, it's funny. Cause like, I don't, and I, I don't know if you saw the media piece that uh it was nameless. Nate did mm-hmm. uh, like a week and a half ago about like player luck. And if that's like a real thing. Oh yeah. Um, it's gotta but be, it, man. Fuck. It's it like I hope
4: not, because like, I will not have it.
1: It's gotta In be, theory, Like every player should kind of be on yes. like an even playing mm-hmm. field. But like a lot of people kind of theorize that the game has like hidden hidden oh. metrics of like just like a luck like a luck factor. Like everyone's it just, just it's, trying, it's like, random. random. I bet you
2: it I bet you it spins around and lands on one player every so often.
4: Like you yeah. mean, like a drop third strike.
1: To uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but like, because you just look at some players like JD Jacks was like one of the best players in like the toughest time of the league. Like, you, you go back and look at the numbers, and a lot of players from seasons one through 10 were like incredibly good, but at the same time, you look at the competition they were playing, it was all equal or lesser competition because there was no regression players, um, versus now. Everyone's coming into the league facing, you know, rosters full of 1,000 TPE players, so it makes things a lot harder. Um, and players really don't get good until they're 1,200 TPE at this point. Um, but like JD Jacks had like a string of like five seasons in a row where he was like a six-win player. Uh, he had like six WAR, which is just like like I think I've had one season in my career of that. And it's not like his player, his like his build was like incredibly different than everyone else. It's just uh, like it just seems like he had like luck. It was just it's so strange, you know. And you look at a lot of players, like you know, we we joke about Eso, but I feel terrible for the guy because you know he's basically maxed out offensively. He's been maxed out offensively with the a, a, a contact, you know, hundred contact for the last like four seasons, and he's hit. He hasn't hit above two sixty it's just like, it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. Um, you know, cause you look at some of the people with basically identical builds and they'll hit, you know, in the three hundreds or the high two hundreds. And he just can't see like last year, he was hitting like 200 for three quarters of the season. And then finally got hot, like at the end of the year, thank God. Or else it would have just been like an awful, awful season for, and it's a, it was the last year before regressing. So you just feel terrible, you know, watching it happen. But so it's just one of is. things. It's like it's the luck number. So what I'm hearing is when well, my player
0: is gonna suck for like the next ten seasons, I could just blame it on my luck. And not exactly, yeah, yeah, it's Dude,
1: it's also an easy uh, out.
2: <laughs> First-person experience, man. Like I've got a gang of TP in another league, and um, my players just whack. I just think mm-hmm. it happens. Like you're, like uh, like maybe five people get really lucky and five people get unlucky or something.
1: Yeah. No, and another one too is is Petra. Actually, is like she is maxed out contact as a she's a she's mm-hmm. a a big woman on campus build, and she is maxed out power, maxed out contact for the last like three seasons, and can't hit above like two twenty. And
2: I wonder if anybody in the sim league has ever contacted developers, <laughs> and been like, "Hey, guys,
1: sex. work." I don't. I mean, we have like there's some people in the league who are pretty tight with the development team of the game, but I oh. don't know if that's ever something that's actually like been asked of them, or if it's something that they would actually answer. Yeah, um, did they uh,
0: have like a giveaway or something for like the new version?
1: Um, so we have like a deal with them where they they like cross promote with us or something, and we get like discount codes for oh, the game, so awesome. like everyone gets like twenty percent off or something, or five dollars off um when a new game comes out but they've got they got a good community over there i i used to be a lot more involved before i kind of got involved here i was a lot more involved over there um and especially when the the perfect team i don't know if any of you guys play it when perfect team came out i was like super into that when it first started oh yeah um, my interest has kind of waned recently because it's become like basically pay to win which is super annoying because i'm not yeah. Someone who's going to put hundreds of dollars into a fake baseball game for literally no reward at the end, like you, you get, yeah, fake baseball trophies. Like if if it was something where people were winning like actual money or something, like maybe so you, you could pay in, but
2: you can't win money.
1: No, no, That's like lost. it's It's like it's any video game. It's like, team like team team game. it's like, it's like yeah. any of them, oh, yeah. like Madden's and stuff like that, where they have like the perfect leagues or whatever. I don't yeah. know what they're called, but like you buy packs of cards and then you make your teams with those packs i believe it's so that, called hut in uh NHL, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that that's essentially what perfect team is is, is, you, is you, you you open uh card packs and um you get players from them and they're ranked from 50 to 100 and um you know so
4: are they made the more up
1: you open up the that more what's that
0: interact- Players, they're actual players, so it'd be like during the season, (laughs) they'll have like player ratings and it would fluctuate based on how the player did. And then Mm -hmm. there's like the historical players or like players that did particularly well in like a season, like your one hit Mm -hmm. wonders or like people that won awards or something like that.
1: Yeah, so like all in all, I think they have upwards of like 1500 to 2000 cards in the game. Yeah, um, so it's or actually, it might be way more than that because I think the MLB itself has like 1,300 players. So, um, crazy. So there's a lot. There's a yeah, lot. Yeah. So it's probably over, oh, like, more like 2,500 cards, and they introduce more cards throughout the year. Um, they do like a weekly, um, show on Twitch where they introduce new content. And so that's always like a big deal. And, um, by the end of the season, there's like, Two hundred players who are, you know, hundred rated cards, and um, so people are paying out the to with them to try to win the championships and stuff. Which is, did you ever uh, make it to the perfect league? Not in OTP twenty one. I did on the in the first and the second versions. So I think it was nineteen twenty <coughs> versions of it. Um, I had some pretty good teams in that, and that was back when you could actually compete without putting a ton of money into the game. Um but in the newest version I can't get past like gold level. I get my team is like okay at silver and every once in a while we'll dominate the silver league for whatever reason then I get to gold and I just get absolutely stomped.
0: Is it that different cuz I have like 20 and like I seem to be doing okay but I didn't bother getting to be 21 or whatever.
1: Is it that different? Mm-hmm. It's like the 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 level of competition in 21 versus 20 is like insanely different. And I think some of that is that they've uh they've changed kind of the the structure of how um moving up and moving down the relegation stuff works. But overall I think it's um and also too people have done a lot more research into what actually makes players good and stuff. Like there's this one kid who does like a weekly show on on Twitch like outs he's not even like affiliated with OTP or anything. He does um, a show where he's basically like deconstructed every card in the game and can tell you exactly what the best, you know, twenty-five players are to put on your roster to to win. Um, That's so, so that okay. that is a big piece of it. So there's a lot of people who have bought into that and now understand um, a lot more of that piece of the game and stuff. So it's what is everybody
4: just like buy more, buy more until I can get these specific twenty-five ones.
1: Yeah, basically. basically, yeah.
4: What happens when everybody has all 25 of them? Someone's
2: uh, making a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm...
1: laughs> the developers those. win. That's what happens. Right? That's
4: exactly that's when what happens. You, that's when you find out if there really is luck. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. no,
0: no,
4: doubt. no
1: doubt. I could
0: never give up my Freddie Freeman, who's been an all star for like the past 80 years. Could you imagine just like a player playing for 80 years?
1: <laughs> that's how it is. Like, I'll, I'll every once in a while, I'll turn on. Uh, I'll go back into OOPT 20 and it will be like 2,175. It's been like the year in the game It's like each season lasts only a week. So it's been however many seasons since I first joined up <laughs> and you'll see some like on the, when you go to like a player's page on the, on the, in the game itself, it has like all their awards in the top left corner and like your best players, the whole left corner will just be jam packed with like a hundred awards. In the, in the in the corner but um, <laughs> it's pretty interesting so i think we are uh i think we've hit our, our quota so does anyone have any any closing thoughts before we we shut this thing down and i go see if it's actually recorded uh let's let's pray that um <laughs> craig is <been laughs> come on craig you're our boy <laughs> craig
0: i believe in craig that's, all right well that's thoughts let's let's give let's give craig some claps
1: thoughts and prayers for craig <laughs> yeah t's and p's craig you got this kid <laughs> all right well thanks for uh thanks for joining me for the inaugural uh boys in the hood podcast um hopefully we can and do, we what should do it can again do. most
5: definitely yeah i all right i enjoyed listening to you talk about the league a lot of good yeah i learned there. a lot
3: yeah
1: Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. And hopefully we can get some more people involved and here, you know, just get to know more people in the locker room more. Um, you know, I think you get to learn a lot more when you actually hear people talk and they can, um, you know, kind of say more than just, you know, through chat and stuff. So it's, it's been very cool to learn a little bit more about you guys and hope to do more with uh, some more people in the locker room. Sounds good. Alrighty. Have a good night, everyone.
4: Bye guys. Bye. There's an A in Atlanta, a G in Chicago. There's an E in Los Angeles, an A in Miami. There's an S in Boston and a D in Philadelphia, a Y in Kansas City. But there is no Z in Boise.